Welcome, Castleberry. It is now time to have a casual conversation for the beneficial good of our community. The show you are about to listen to is called What's Up, Castleberry? And now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you your hosts, Andy and Drew, along with producer Robin. What's up, podcast listeners? We're back. Andy, Drew, producer Robin, it's episode number 103 of the What's Up Castleberry podcast. We are here each and every week in your earbuds, on your mobile device, however you listen to us. Andy and I are Castleberry residents, local pastors who gather together every week to have casual conversations about all things Castleberry for the good of Castleberry, celebrating and highlighting our great city. And oh boy, do we have a special conversation conversation for you. We've got a great local citizen just outside the city limits of Castleberry, but who serves in Castleberry. Uh, looking forward to that conversation in a couple minutes. Andy, I'm looking outside as of January 13th of this recording. It is 80 degrees. There's sunshine. I see my son playing on his little playset out back. <laughs> And yet we're inside and two of the three of us have COVID. Yes, Robin and I are sitting here. Thanks for telling us what it's like outside. I don't know about you, Robin, but I have not been outside since I got my positive test last Monday. So I'm day four into this COVID journey. I'm feeling pretty blessed that my journey is not as bad as some, but I've certainly uh, had some ups and downs. But Drew, my guess is that as Robin and I are sitting here on the screens with you that uh, you're probably pretty relieved we can't pass this through technology. <laughs> You're probably pretty pleased that this isn't a computer virus. <laughs> I, I felt like you set yourself up for that. That's a little early dad joke of the week. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Robin, how are you doing with your COVID experience? Well, today's the first day that I can like get up and move. It's a very it's not the worst I've ever felt being sick, but it's not fun. Yes, yeah. that was that was my comment too. This this ain't nothing, and I think I've been uh, caught unaware about how tough this is. But like we said, there's a lot lot of folks struggling more than us, and um, they are certainly in our thoughts and prayers as numbers uh, continue to go up. Drew, a little bit of good news though is I was speaking this morning on a Zoom with someone from the health department, and it looks like our numbers are going to peak real soon. And the talk is that this Omicron virus will disappear as quickly as it arrived because there's just not many people you know, who can carry it now because so many people have got it. So there's a little bit of a silver lining there. That is, yeah, that is very good news. And we're, we've had different folks come on and talk about the effects of COVID. And we're obviously very, very, very sensitive to that and hopeful that it will go away very, very soon. Uh, in the meantime, though, we are pushing forward and going to continue to produce great content and great conversations. And and there really is a lot going on. I, I was talking to a friend the other day. I'm just I'm very proud of, of our state and kind of how we've continued to seek to move forward and, and keep things you know open and yet try to provide care for for those that need it as well. So yeah, we're better days ahead. No doubt about it, listener. So keep listening to podcasts and keep listening, keep uh, moving forward the best you can. Hey, one way to get through any type of sickness is with a little bit of humor. So if you'll bear with <laughs> Laughter me. is the best medicine. Robin, I know you and I have been popping some pills to, to feel better, but th maybe this is what we've been missing. Some, some of Drew's laughter medicine. We're cured. That's right. I'm going to cure y'all. I've got a couple of good ones. In fact, here 
weirdest listener the dad jokes of the week robin andy on our show notes i purposely kept off the punchlines. i want to give you just a chance to get a real authentic reaction so uh <laughs> that's a dangerous game it is it, it could it could blow up in my face but i'm i'm willing to get hurt again as uh, michael scott says so here we go <laughs> my uh first joke here we're talking about counseling uh, a little bit later with uh, jesse lyon so i kind of had my first joke based upon that theme you guys, my grief counselor died the other day. <laughs> what was that? My snake knocked over my ukulele. Oh, I thought oh, it was a dog. Course. I hate it when that happens, don't you, Drew? <laughs> That's a joke right there. <laughs> you know, listeners, listeners, we want you to know that just before the show, Robin bought with her her pet snake and shared it on air. So thank you for I, that, Robin. For for clarification, I didn't bring it anywhere. We're, I'm at my house. I'm not spreading COVID everywhere. Well, I'm yeah, at my house with it. <laughs> okay. That's good. All yeah. right, here we go. Here we go. Beep, beep. So the joke is my grief counselor died the other day, you guys. Oh, no. That's terrible. But don't worry. He was so good at his job. I didn't even care. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of dark. That's humor. a little sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> that is. That is. All right. Here we go. This one's a little, uh, it involves death as well. So we'll see. We'll see what you think. Gee. I thought he's supposed to make us feel better. <laughs> I'm so yeah. glad we're interviewing a counselor today. Uh, you might need counseling after interacting with me. And yeah, here we go. The, the guy who stole my diary just died. Did you my thoughts? <laughs> my thoughts are with his family. <laughs> my thoughts are with his family. <laughs> Boom! That's great, Drew. I love it. I can't believe I'm acknowledging it publicly. It must oh. be the COVID. But that was <laughs> good. That was good. Hey, do you want a couple of dog jokes? Absolutely. It's time think- for our second segment. The dog joke of the week. Here we go. I think he's been sending them to try and cheer me up. It hasn't really worked. But uh, okay, here's just just a couple. Not all construction jobs are enjoyable. Did you know that? No. I figured that. For example, enlarging a hole in a piece of wood is boring, but fastening two pieces of metal together, that's riveting. <laughs> nice. There's some blue-collar workers out there that will be chuckling at that. That's good. Okay. Uh, did you know, uh, I, I just actually read that an alligator can grow up to 15 feet. Did you know that? Mm. But I've never seen one with more than four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all I got. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Thanks for the COVID sympathy laugh, Robin. <laughs> You're welcome. The joke's the week. It's Dr. Chloe Carmichael with your mental health moment. Today's topic is anger management. As a clinical psychologist, a lot of times people will come to me for issues with anger and they usually tell me, hey, Dr. Chloe, I've tried everything to keep my anger under wraps. I try to bite my tongue and think about something else, but it just ultimately comes bursting out. What can I do? I usually explain to them that trying to sit on your anger is actually what primes us for those big outbursts that are so bothersome in the first place. So what we should be doing instead is actually learning to express our upset 
when it's at a lower level. So if you find yourself feeling a little irritated about something, instead of telling yourself, oh, it doesn't matter, just be cool, just relax, don't get upset. What I would encourage you to do instead is maybe pick up a pen and write down a few things about the situation that are bothering you so that you can find your words, find a good, healthy way to express it when it's not that big of a deal. And then therefore, when you're not acting like it's that big of a deal, instead of waiting until you do reach your bursting point. So many times I see people who actually had a really good point, but they become the bad guy because of the fact that they waited until they were so upset that they expressed themselves in a way that was a little bit more problematic than if they had just gone ahead and expressed their irritation when it was at a lower level. Thanks for spending this mental health moment with me, Dr. Chloe Carmichael. If you like what you heard and are curious for more, you can check out my website for my book, which is nervousenergybook.com. That's nervousenergybook.com. Have a great day, Castleberry. Our podcast partner is Kelly Financial Solutions. If you're looking for a mortgage solution that will truly work for you, then look no further than Kelly Financial Solutions. They offer home loan options that you won't find anywhere else, not even at the big bank down the street. A mortgage is a huge decision. And it's critical that you get the right terms that truly work for you. Kelly Financial Solutions team has more than a decade of mortgage experience, and we combine this knowledge with national partnerships, amazing service to deliver one-of-a-kind mortgage options with the lowest rates possible. Travis Kelly has been a, a supporter of this podcast and is the Chamber of Commerce president in Castleberry. Travis Kelly is a supporter of this podcast and has become a dear friend of Andy and I. I'd love it if you gave Travis a call. You can connect with him and the Kelly Financial Solutions team at 407-618-1176. That's 407-618-1176. Thank you, Kelly Financial Solutions. Listeners, welcome back to our favorite part of the show. We have got with us today a guest that we have been wanting to have on the show for a long time. Today, he is speaking to an audience of just three, but normally on his TikTok, he's talking to 1.1 million folks. This guy has a global reach. He's from Seminole County. And today we want to talk to him about little old Castleberry. Would you join me in welcoming to the show, Jesse? Lion of Lion Mental Health to the show. Jesse, welcome. We're so glad you're here today. Thank you. Thank you, man. This is great. And as much as I have this big audience and do all these things online, I love Seminole County. I love Castleberry and just my little home. I personally live in Lake Mary, so I'm loving this. This is great. Well, we are thrilled that you're with us. So let's talk Seminole County just to break the ice. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, you're a shy guy, but let's break some ice anyway. So quick few rapid fire questions, Jesse. What's your favorite place to eat in Seminole County and why? Oof, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones. It's tough to say, but I will say that a lot of what makes food special is the emotion that it has in your heart. So for me, as an intern, you know, growing up in my field and doing my practice in Seminole County, I've grown to really love this little Cuban restaurant called Cubans on the Run. It's a little yes. sandwich shop. It's right yes. next to right next to the office. They've got fantastic coffee. They've got fantastic sandwiches. I gotta say, it's got a special place in my heart. I love it. We Absolutely. love that place. 
I do too. In fact, my wife always jokes. She knows when I've been there because you, you come out smelling like the sandwiches. It's just, <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of and it's not a bad it. smell either. I, they could bottle it as a cologne. I'm telling you, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's probably apparent you need to go outside and enjoy some fresh air, walk off that delicious hearty meal there. Uh, mm -hmm. I love the Brenda's myself, that sandwich. So when you're out and about in Seminole County uh, looking for a park or just a public green space, what's your go-to? Well, I tell you, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Like I said, I live in Lake Mary uh, and I just think it's beautiful out there. But downtown Lake Mary, they do the farmer's market on uh, the weekends. And then especially, you know, we're just coming out when we're recording this, we're just coming out of the Christmas season and they put up all these lights downtown Lake Mary. It like is synchronized to the music and it's just such a cute little walk. You know, you take a little stroll around. They've got some restaurants and shops there. That's the best place. And so, you know, my wife and I, we spend some time there and just get outside, breathe some air and de-stress from the whole week, you know? Love it. So we know where you eat, where you hang out. Next cutting edge, ice breaking question. What are you wearing? Now, we know that you've recently opened an online store to continue to promote the brand. What is the must buy piece of clothing from your store? Oh, okay. That's better than where I thought it was going to go. You're like, I know where you live. I know where you eat. Now I need to know your bank right. account and routing number. I did. You're, you're right though. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Uh, we did just launched a online store. So lionmentalhealth.com is, well, Lion Mental Health is my online presence and everything that I do with social media, but lionmentalhealth.com is kind of the hub for everything. And we just launched a merch store. So I'm actually, I'm wearing my hoodie today. It's a Sigmund Freud and it says on the back, the interpretation of dreams. Uh, so it's a cute little thing we got going on. And, you know, my followers just really encouraged me to do it. And so it's kind of crazy. I'm riding this wave and having that interaction with, with the community and they're supporting me and I'm supporting them back. I love it. That's amazing. I see kind of a, a cartoonish version of, yeah, an old man that Sigmund Freud, I couldn't imagine Andy, what you and I might be rocking with. We're going to have to check out the store and maybe, maybe get some merch. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'll have to send think, you something think, over. It'd be great. Yeah. I think mine would say, I want to spend more time dreaming right now. <laughs> there you go. I love We've it. got a great one. It's got on the back, it has a picture of a skull with teeth falling out. And so there's actually a really classic dream. If you dream about your teeth falling out, very common one. Uh, it actually means that you're anxious. It means that you feel like you're not up to handling the challenges that life's throwing your way. So we put it on a shirt and then over the skull, it says, sorry, I'm just anxious. <laughs> that's great. I don't even know where to go with that, but that's that awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking if I'm a, I'm thinking what's the correlation between people feeling anxious about going to the dentist and that dream. That's an interesting. Ah, well, you see unconsciously, right? Our teeth are the part of our body that break down our food into manageable sizes. So when you have a dream about your teeth falling out, it means that you feel like you can't break down life into manageable sizes. It's a real confidence, real anxiety thing. So it makes sense just from kind of even really a primal perspective. There we go. Right, right off the top listener, we've got Jesse Lyon from Lyon Mental Health sharing <laughs> some counselor therapist type tips. Jesse, uh, th this is your profession. You are a therapist uh, as well as uh, a shop owner, entrepreneur, uh, social media tycoon. What, Which of these titles uh, do you kind of identify yourself by? Uh, is there something that just give us a little bit of your background and how you kind of got into this this field? 
Yeah. I've got a real problem. I don't know how to introduce myself at parties. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real conundrum. I mean, I used to say, you know, uh, mental health counselor, you know, but then you always risk people like, you know, start to ask about mental health stuff in their life. And I can't advise unless someone's a client. And now I'm like, well, do I say social media influencer? Do I say hypnotherapist? Do I say dream interpreter? I don't know. I just, you know, <laughs> I make it up on the spot, depending on what kind of conversation I'd like to have for the rest of the evening. So I play it, play it as it goes, you know? That's great, man. I, I love your life. Those are some uh, very different categories, though, and you seem to slide effortlessly be between them. But let's kind of lean into the therapist conversation right now, because that's, I think, love in it. some ways, perhaps your foundation. That's uh, where you've been able to build this brand upon. Uh, mental health as a topic has accelerated in our culture over the past few years, even before the pandemic. Why do you think people are talking about mental health now? more than ever before? It's a great question. And I think there's a couple reasons, but the ones that come to my mind first and foremost are the farther that we kind of move away from being connected with nature and with life and the earth, the more that we kind of move inside of ourselves and things become a little bit strange. Things become a little bit convoluted and a little bit messy. And you know, what's so crazy to me is um, some of the great philosophers like the Stoics and like Marcus Aurelius and those guys, they talked about this. Mm. I mean, thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago. And so it's, it's interesting to me that even just as human beings, we are able to kind of predict this evolution. And so mental health is important as it's always been, but now more than ever. Uh, and I think that's one of the big, big things you're seeing on top of that. I mean, we've got the pandemic, we've got the things that are connecting us with the world and global politics. Um, we need a way to organize that information and to cause ourselves to feel safe despite all the things that are going on. Yeah. So Jesse, jumping on that, the the fact is, as you said, kind of as we've learned in history, I'm, I'm a history major. I love studying the past to, to learn how we got to where we are. The more things change, honestly, very often, the more things stay the same. When, when you look at just kind of human behavior and human thought, what are some kind of notes, uh, identifiable markers for people as they're living their life? Maybe it's physical, maybe it's in their mind, but they might identify, hey, I'm really struggling with with my mental health, right? It's kind of a cliche thing to say, check your mental health. If, uh, but but yeah. what are some diagnosable indicators, almost like warning lights for, for people and regarding their mental health? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things I look for the most and the reason that people come in for therapy is when you start to notice yourself being a little bit too structured, a little bit too rigid about life. And so these different things will happen. I mean, it, it's wildly unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen next. And when you find yourself struggling to flow and adapt and move with the nuances of life, the unpredictability of life. That's a great indicator. Hmm. Something about the way that I conceptualize the world may be a little bit off. I need to go in and talk with somebody and sort of reorganize the way that I'm thinking, the way that I'm handling the structure that I have for organizing the difficulties of life so I can get a better grasp on the things that are going and start to enjoy things again. I think that's that's what I look for the most. That's a really interesting answer, Jesse, because most people think about mental health as being out of control, but you're suggesting mm -hmm. that a lot of mental health is being uh, or in control too much or trying to over control. Is that what I heard you say? 
Yeah, I would really agree with that. I, th I think you've seen a huge rise in what's called CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is still great. It's very well researched. Um, it has a lot of great applications, but you're kind of seeing uh, a shift in mental health culture where we're straying away from some of these really rigid, really structured type of modalities in mental health like CBT and we're moving to much more emotion focused and unconscious focused types of therapy. And the benefit to doing that is instead of just relying on structure in rigid form, it allows you to flow and adapt with life and adjust in the moment because what worked for this anxious situation or depressed situation may not work for another one. So rather than focusing and putting all of your faith and confidence in a specific set of tools and a specific technique, if you can reinstill someone's self-confidence and their ability to make their own decisions and adapt to life as it changes, I mean, that's a real winning recipe for helping someone overcome the struggles that they're facing. Yeah, I love that. And I know we've both met people who have tried to find healing uh, in a method, in a, in, a, in a way, but it's in something beneath that, much deeper than that, some, some principles about who they are and that kind of stuff. So, you know, Jesse, as I get older, I go to the doctors every year for a health checkup, right? And Drew won't know this, you won't know this, you're too young, but the older you get, the more they kind of prod and poke around. I've been a big believer for a long time that we probably need to go for a mental health check on a pretty regular basis as well. If our listeners were going to do that, what would be some kind of questions that you would ask to prod around to determine someone's mental health status? <laughs> I laugh because it's probably the most cliche of all. Uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a great, it's a great place to start, you know, because there is this dichotomy in the way that we think and the way that our brains are even structured between consciousness and unconsciousness. And those aren't weird terms. Uh, it's based in neurobiology, which is mm. you have your prefrontal cortex, which is your logical thinking. And then everything from those frontal lobes back operates independently. And where I see a huge disconnect in mental health and where I see people struggle is that their conscious thinking does not align with their unconscious thinking in kind of old psychology. And still today, we'd call that like repression or dissociation or um, compartmentalization. And so you start to see this disconnect in the personality and in the brain between thinking and feeling. And so to help someone be able to put those two back together is what's really helpful. So yeah, a very simple way to do that is to ask how you feel about that to get those emotions re-engaged. When we notice ourselves sort of devoid of emotion and just kind of running through life like a robot, that's a pretty good indicator of, oof, we need a, we need a mental health checkup here. That's a great answer. I, and Jesse, I know in my own life and providing some wisdom and counsel to others, I, I think the fact that you've called us to uh, recognize that feelings are given to us for a purpose to, to not try to repress uh, that word really struck a chord with me that you know, most of us mm. turn to something to try to subdue, whether it's a, a drug or some other kind of thing to just, I don't want to feel what I'm feeling right now. And really the call in terms of having good mental health is, is to feel those things, but not let them overwhelm you, but instead to, to use those to, to move forward in life. Jesse, you and I and Andy have a, a mutual friend, a counselor that works for, for your clinic there, Dulce, who's been on the program in the past and has provided some insight and wisdom. You have kind of a reputation for taking in current students that are studying counseling. Uh, tell us a little bit about that process and what does it look like in kind of developing and, and raising up the next generation of counselors? 
Yeah, it's amazing. And Dulce does some wonderful work for us. And I know a lot of stuff uh, with the church and with you guys there. And that's been awesome. So kind of two things, not sure where the question is going exactly, but I think it's a great opportunity for me to talk about a lot of people don't understand the counselor journey, kind of where that comes from in the different stages. It can be very confusing. There's also a lot of uh, psychology degrees in fields of study, and they're all different. Like you've got psychiatrists, which prescribe medication. You've got counselors, which do the talk therapy. They talk about the problems. You've got social workers, which help connect people with social programs and get them back on their feet. And they're all different uh, and they all do different jobs, but they can be confusing. When it comes to mental health counseling and being a counselor like Dulce um, or like myself, there's kind of three stages. There's student intern, which means that you're in your master's degree, but you're in the last year of your master's degree and you're allowed to see clients while supervised by the professor and your site supervisor. Then you graduate and you've got registered intern, which is you've got your degree, but you have to practice almost like, uh, like a nurse does when they're under supervision. You've got to do that for two years as a registered intern. And then only if you pass your test, can you be a fully licensed mental health counselor. So a lot of times you'll see that and there's great work to be done with student interns and registered interns. And usually you can get them at a reduced rate if there's a difficulty with affording counseling uh, and they do some really good work, but that's kind of the differences in those different stages. And it's good for people to know. Andy, that doesn't sound like we're uh, able to get on the fast track to adding counseling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you see, Jesse, when your pastors like Drew and I, all you got to do is go to a website and you can print off an ordination certificate. So, I mean, I'm, I'm confused by this whole process. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I mean, we're licensed <laughs> medical professionals, so it's, um, it's just, like getting your medical degree, nursing license, or being a doctor. It's uh, it's pretty intense. And I mean, I think rightly so. If you're helping someone with their mental health, you better know what you're talking about. Absolutely. It's a sacred trust to go inside someone's mm. brain and to, to, to dig around and help them organize what's going on there. Jesse, we're coming to the end of part one of our interview with you. So let me just, uh, if I can, ask a closing question for this section before we uh, come back with, with you next week. As you're mentoring counselors and as you're speaking into the lives of patients, what are some of those foundations? foundational principles for you that kind of set the bedrock of what mental health looks like? Oof, that's good. I think a lot of this comes from your theory. Uh, and for a counselor, uh, a lot of my students um, are pretty surprised when during their first supervision, I say, okay, what's your theory? They're like, what? I thought we're just going to talk to you. Like, no, no, no. How are you organizing into the world? Uh, how are you organizing the world into a way that makes sense that you can impart to your clients? And they never stop to think about that. You have to have a good foundation in order to help people organize their lives in the world. And so the way that I always say, and it's right below Hello, my name on the door. Lion counseling, acceptance through awareness. And those two words are so crucially important. I feel, and I really do believe that if there's a problem in mental health, it can be drawn back to one of those two words. Either you are struggling to accept a reality that is in the world, or you're not aware of a problem or a reality and it's causing you to self-sabotage, to trip up, you know, to repress, like we talked about earlier. So if I could leave just one sentence, acceptance through awareness, it's huge, it's crucial. Beautiful. That's a great way to end acceptance through awareness. Jesse, we've appreciated our time with you. We've got much more with Jesse Lyon in our next episode. So listeners be excited for part two. We'll be back with Jesse from Lyon Counseling. Thank you, Jesse.
And Jesse, thank you for being on the show. I can't wait to hear more from you next week. I know that our listeners are feeling the same. After an inspiring episode, perhaps our inspirational quote won't carry as much weight, but it's along the same lines. And it comes from a guy called Brian Vasily, who says this, opportunity is always knocking. But the problem is that most people have the self-doubt station in their heads turned up way too loud to hear it, to abbreviate what he's saying. See, there's always an opportunity. There's always something ahead, something exciting, something bigger, something better. But so often we're unable to step into that and to see that and to hear that because of the noise that's created by self-doubt. Friends, Lean into the opportunity. There are far, far better things ahead ever there were behind. Don't let the worries and the anxieties and the pressures and the stress of today rob you of tomorrow's opportunities. That quote one more time, opportunity is always knocking. The problem is that most people have the self-doubt station in their head turned up way too loud to hear it. Friends, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the What's Up Castleberry podcast, a casual conversation about our community. Huge thanks to producer Robin for pushing through while she's had COVID. For more information about who we are, check out our website, Facebook page, Instagram feed, podcast feed, all with the name What's Up Castleberry. Like and subscribe, rate and review us. And until next time, we hope you have a great week.